0: Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. You're listening to Pure, a Ring of Honor retrospective podcast, and today we bring it all the way back to 2002, February 23rd to be exact, and we bring you the Era of Honor Begins. And once again, welcome to Pure, a Ring of Honor retrospective podcast. I'm Sean Taggart, a part of the Count Us Podcast Network. You can follow them at Pod or CountUpPod.com. You can follow me at Taggart, T A G G A R T S 588. And welcome back. Thank you for those who listened to the previous episode about Final Battle 2021. Now, we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back when Ring of Honor first turned on its lights first one out there and started to do a great show every month here but we didn't know at the time it was going to be every month but we did know it was going to be something great on the east coast the murphy rec center god bless its soul we miss that place so much as it was the birthplace of ring of honor and we bring you the era of honor begins a 2002 show that felt like it came from 2002 almost 20 years later watching it man I will get into this show and we will talk about some of the stuff that was said, some of the stuff that was done, and some of the stuff that, uh, yeah, it shouldn't have happened back then and it definitely wouldn't fly now. Um, once again, I'm Sean Taggart. Thanks again for listening. And uh, one of the few things I want to talk about here is, you know, as we. Finished up last week's episode, I promised and I forgot to talk about what I'm going to be doing uh, going further with this show. I broke down Ring of Honor into four um, eras of Ring of Honor. We'll talk about that um, as we break it down. This is the early era, the RF era as I would like to put it. This is the 2002 to early 2004, probably May 2004 era that we'll break down and we'll talk about. Um, and we'll do this in like a week one type thing. Week two, uh, unless I see it differently, and there's a theme for these first few shows. So yeah, it will be a little bit different. But most of the time, we'll go from there to uh, 2004 to 2008 the Gabe Sapolsky uh, DVD uh, product era of Ring of Honor, where he was the main booker man behind the scenes, really putting some of this magic together, giving you the moments that everyone talks about In Ring of Honor that, you know, we can talk about and say that they were great, they were bad, there were some cringy moments, there were some forgettable moments. But a lot of the stuff that we've seen here from Ring of Honor has carried into wrestling as we see today. Then we'll go into the uh, Adam Pearce era of 2008 to 2010, so the French connection of Ring of Honor up to... Early 2010 here, um, and then we'll break down the Hunter Johnson eras into two halves the transition period of 2010 to 2016, and then the elite current era of 2017 to present. Present being a question mark because it could just be 2017 to 2021 as of this uh, episode recording. We still don't know what's going on with Ring of Honor. But I just did want to break it down here um, and give you an idea of what we're going to be covering and how we're going to be covering it. Once again, last uh, show we talked about Final Battle 2021, which was an end of an era. Today, we'll talk about the beginning of an era in uh, 2002 where Ring of Honor held its first show at the Murphy Rec Center. Um, the era of honor begins. One of the things I do want to talk about is a lot of RF did uh, the all-pro wrestling uh super indie shows the you know 20 uh, 2001 super indie show and that really showcased a lot of the great talent in independent wrestling at one given time um it was a you know two-day tournament and at the end of the day uh you know we saw the best independent wrestlers across the united states fight amongst one another to be considered one of the best um this gave us the idea of what ring of Honor would be Um, and then we found out that it would be a monthly thing and you know how how could this be given monthly and how would you not run out of ideas for a super show at this time there's a lot of questions going into this Um, myself included didn't understand how you could run something of a super card value at a month-to-month basis and really how could you run something so often without burning yourselves out or burning the talent out and as we found out, you just bring in different talent, obviously. the silly Sean. I could have thought of that myself. But, you know, whatever we found out, um, that Ring of Honor was something that uh, had a lot of potential after this first show. Um, I will warn you, again, this is from 2002. So the views of this show are from 2002. It does not reflect, hopefully, some of these people today that were on this show. And, uh, yeah, this is very cancelable you asked me so without wasting any time let's just get right into the beginning of the show where the hit squad monster mac and mafia danny math were out there trying to find out if people were excited about the ring of honor show spanky was in a bus that came from new york city where the new york city fans were ready for ring of honor chanting ring of honor not giving the hit squad a loud chant but a chant enough to get them excited for today's show we then would go over as The Hit Squad would once again go over and talk to fans from Boston, and they would be talking about, of course, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, and if they were excited to witness the first Ring of Honor show, the answer was yes. They were very excited. So, what do we do? We cut right into the event where we see the Christopher Street connection of Buff E and Mates with Alice in Danger come out to the ring and declare... Some things that I'm not gonna talk about out loud, but you can kind of get the idea. The Christopher Street uh, connection were very uh, flamboyant and also very um, happy to be there. Let's put it that way. Um, they were declaring that the Ring of Honor, or, or, or H, uh, ROH actually stood for something very different. And the two then proceed to make out commentary. It was commentary back in 2002, so you can get the idea of how they felt about this. But don't worry, the hit squad would come out and destroy them in a minute. Uh, Mafia Danny Math would then hit a uh, his finish, and we would get disposed of not only the hit squad but the Christopher Street connection. What? Wait, we're not done yet. Let's let's rewind it a bit. The, the, yeah, the match is over and everything. But Alice in Danger had to be put through a table to also say welcome to Ring of Honor. Now I know what you're saying. This isn't the Ring of Honor that I know. This isn't the Ring of Honor that I grew up watching. If you didn't start watching in 2002, yeah, of course, you didn't grow up watching this Ring of Honor. But yeah, this was a very different uh, vibe. I would say the early shows were more of your typical indie affair as they were trying to make up for the lack of ECW um, that closed a year prior. And really, they had to do some you know crazy spots here and there to make everyone excited and bloodthirsty as they all were. Uh, from New York and Boston. They wanted to see uh, blood but we get on to it and we go on to the next match but One of the things here is about this is 2002 was a different time in wrestling 2002 was also a weird time in wrestling where you know certain things would uh, happen and While it was okay, then it really wasn't okay. Um Commentary was very much not a fan of Christopher Street Connection, and they made it very clear that they weren't a fan of their orientation and a fan of their beliefs. Christopher Street Connection also did a good job of hamming up their orientation a big time on this um, by forcing it down everyone's throats, which, again, um, you know, a different time in wrestling, but it was a controversial uh, topic here in the beginning stages of we then got to backstage promo where uh, Jay Briscoe would be talking about becoming one of the better wrestlers in Ring of Honor and then eventually with his brother Mark would become a great tag team together in Ring of Honor and then we would go over to Amazing Red who would just be going as Red in the show which was kind of weird but he was going by Red and you know he would be talking about he's the best junior heavyweight in all of wrestling and expect the unexpected which you know his catchphrase, we talked about it last week, then what led to a show in 2003, and now is a promotion that airs on IWTV, Independent Wrestling TV, that had their first show about a month ago, almost. So, this t- these two right here put on a great match. I really enjoyed the pace of this match. Jay Briscoe an Amazing Red, two totally different styles as we've seen them grow into totally different style wrestlers. Better wrestlers and better performers in their craft, but we did see a lot of back and forth action between the two. J Driller kick out you know, Amazing Red's Phoenix Splash, Code Reds kicked out and everything like that. We did see a lot of innovative offense from Amazing Red that we see now a lot of in professional wrestling today thanks to Amazing Red and I mean, if you haven't noticed he's still doing it at the high level that we all know he can do um so it's good to see him back and wrestling on a more consistent basis. and even though it's for house of glory we still see him there and performing at the level that he can but this was a really good match one of the things that they pointed out in this match about jay briscoe was yeah he's a great tag team wrestler but he's come to ring of honor to prove himself as a singles wrestler little did we know and i know that um mark and jay were a tag team in combat zone wrestling ctw he really shouldn't have been wrestling because he was 17 at the time and according to uh, pennsylvania athletic commission law you had to be at least 18 to wrestle so we all know how that goes um the commissions are very weird or very strict when they want to be and when they know about things so no jay briscoe for i'm sorry no mark briscoe for quite a while here in ring of honor especially when it comes to philadelphia so, like I said, a very good match between these two guys here. I thought, honestly, um, before we got to the main event, w- was the match of the night. I honestly feel like we see a lot of early matches with Amazing Red and uh, the Briscoes here in Ring of Honor um, that they, they work well with one another. When eventually you see Mark in the ring in early Ring of Honor, They work very well. It's amazing to see the Briscoes, as strong as they were and as powerful as they were as a team, start really in Ring of Honor. And granted, they were away for a couple years due to injuries and due to them really wanting to figure out this was something that they wanted to do. But it was still good to see them actually wrestle here. I will say the Briscoes, obviously, you know, They've made strides in who they are as people. they made strides in who they are as performers. Very good tag team. Very underrated tag team. Um, I hope that they eventually get their due on a national stage because they are one of those teams that deserve that chance and opportunity. If it happens, it's probably going to be with AEW, let's be real. I don't see WWE touching them with a 10-foot pole just based on their whole belief system now and structure. I don't think they would want to work at an Impact Wrestling I think AEW is more up their speed and they have more of an opportunity to shine as a tag team and then really carry on and work the independence if they so desire to get um, some more reps in, obviously, and be even a much better tag team that they show here um, today. So, again, a lot of things with early indie shows were hyped on uh, promos and like video packages and stuff like that. A lot of it also with Ring of Honor was techno music. And as you can see as my intro... I did decide to use one of their uh, music pieces as my intro for this podcast as you know, it gets your blood pumping, gets everyone excited about it. So one of the things, too, here with Ring of Honor is it's very much early 2000s indie. You have the conversations. You have the backstage uh, conversations. You have various clips of different interview sections throughout the show. You hear Scoot Andrews talk uh, about... To- Twenty, twenty uh 2001 uh you know starting to make a name for himself 20 uh 2002 i'm jumping ahead in years it would be his year you see xavier wanting to prove himself talking to Talboy about you know hey you're gonna be something don't worry about it i promise you know just pay your dues you'll be fine eric tuttle um so he had everything going for him and who can forget a very passionate promo from low-key talking about it's not the size of the spider but the size of the fight very cliche lame boring thing to say but hey it's low-key and that's really all we can expect from him at this time period he was more about getting in the ring and fighting than really expressing his views and sharing his thoughts about actually anything important so the next match here is xavier and scoot andrews the black nature boy as he was like to being called scoot it was it was a match i mean this match you know if you look at ring of honor and you look at some of their early matches one of the things i like to do is can this hold up in today's wrestling can this hold up and be a match that you can go ahead and watch back and say wow this can be something this can be a match that you can remember for years on end and some of these matches yeah you can remember and you want to remember and you want to rewatch, and they do stick and as we go through some of these matches here um, throughout this series, uh, Pure, uh, Ring of on retrospective podcast, you will find out that, yeah, of course they can. Um, and some of the matches like a Kenta Brian Danielson, a Morishima Brian Danielson, a Kenta Lukey, certain things like that. Some of the Nigel McGinnis' title defenses for both the Pure and World title. Yeah, they do stick. Um, you see a lot of different things here. And I mean, it's really a great way to figure out what works best uh and what sticks out and what you know oh this is a style that's still used today because of xyz doing this and they might have you know used this match as a way to um pinpoint and execute this is a great match Scoot andrews and xavier to show you know an upbringing and a push forward for someone who comes in as a baby face but the frustration in this match makes him turn heel and makes him work a little bit more aggressive and Scoot was doing that Um, Scoot you know thought he had an easy match here against Xavier he thought he had this in the bag but in actuality he didn't it felt very like a match where you know things are going your way but all of a sudden the opponent in this case Xavier decided to step it up a bit decided to show off a little bit decided to show that he is a very good wrestler and don't get me wrong i didn't get xavier at first when i was first watching of honor but now looking back on seeing what xavier did i get it and he's once again a very good professional wrestler it's a shame and he was a very good professional wrestler excuse me for that it's a shame because you know we know we lost him during 2020 um and he was supposed to be a big integral part in some of the events leading up to their anniversary show But as you can see here, one thing led to another and Xavier picked up the win. We got promised a rematch. Who knows when we'll see that. But a very good match here to start off. Um, Like I said, I thought Jay and Red was my early contender for matching the night. And then you get on to this match and this really dives into some of the stylistic um, things that I was talking about. Like this does hold up now this has the ability to be such a good match um and has the ability to deliver on all fronts it it's interesting to see where scoot andrew goes from here because as we know he doesn't really last very long in ring of honor um you know it it didn't make sense to me as to why um i thought you know for a sense he was a wrestler of ring of honor's caliber and potential that they wanted um it just seems here uh that he had i guess they had a difference of opinion on that um but you know xavier is one of those wrestlers you saw him in icw new york you saw him in jersey all pro you saw him around the tri-state area wrestling um he was a known name and you know one of those guys that really took the ability to improve match after match and again it's a shame i didn't see that at first um but really re-watching some of his older stuff, watching his ladder match Ratchet ICW New York between him and Low Key, watching certain things like that. You get to see why he was the way he was and why he was considered one of the better wrestlers in the East Coast at that time. So we go into another interview package where we're introduced to the natural-born sinners of Boogaloo and Homicide. Homicide, another big integral part of Ring of Honor as we talked. Uh, about last show him being a part of violence unlimited the rottweilers and so on and so forth very many factions here in ring of honor and we'll go into the faction warfare detail once we get to that point but you get to see them really showcase their human side a little bit you get to see them showcase who they are outside of the ring uh homicide really talks big about here you know getting back to his roots getting a little bit more violent get a little bit of hardcore um, brings out the uh freddy mask and as i'm sorry the jason max excuse me and as we know um boogaloo brought out the Hannibal mask and we really get to see something here where i feel you know this is a little edgier this little little stronger side of things where you wouldn't really get to see it elsewhere um at the time i mean you know like i said um This was a replacement for ECW, but they were more focused on the wrestling, but they still had some aspects of ECW where people were like, all right, this is, you know, I remember the blood and violence. I remember the excitement of that. This is something that I want to continue doing, continue watching. And they did. Um, We get them in a match against the Boogie Knights of Danny Drake and Mike Tobin. They came out, uh, Natural Born Sinners, with, the uh, Jason Mask, he came out, uh, Boogaloo. In the uh, Hannibal uh, Lecter Mask, he came out with a chainsaw, of Boogaloo, and you know, people were like frightened, scared, all that stuff. It was a very good brawl around the ring, but obviously, at the end of the day, you know, this is about Ring of Honor. This is about wrestling. You can't do this kind of stuff. And um, special uh, hardcore ref, as they put it, HC uh, Loke uh, disqualified the natural born sinners giving uh boogie knights the victory which didn't sit well with um natural born sinners and they took it out on HC loke into the point of getting out the fork and bloodying him up. The homicide stabbed him a bit and you know got into his uh head with the fork, beat him up a little bit. Got him tired of everything. I mean stuff like this, this was uh you know a very good uh match. This had a a lot of you know hardcore, um, brawling elements to it. This wasn't really your run of the mill every day match, but uh, again, something for everyone. And this something that was about early Ring of Honor, there was a little bit for everyone here, and this one didn't really disappoint. Um, we get to understand the eccentric, wild, not wild, but like the eccentric side of Spanky buying Kendrick. We get to see him, you know just be him and as we all know he was a little bit on the weird side but you know what the christopher street connection really did have a liking for him and you know they made it known um we get into this next match which was an ultimate aerial elimination match with special referee mikey whipreck which i mean good for him for being able to handle this style match this was a fast-paced match we had quiet storm brian XL, jose and joel maximo Chris Devine and the Amazing Reds. So Red wrestled twice in this show, and obviously eliminated first in this match. But man, this was an early scramble match to say, um, uh, to say the least. This was a very good way to get on different. Well, in this case, it was the same style of wrestling of uh, the high-flying, fast-paced uh, lucha movements and everything like that. But this was a great way to get on different people that you know maybe not get the shine get the buzz really as often as you could really see fit but did enough here to really get the crowd going this was a elimination style scramble so once uh, the match continued until there was one competitor left like i said just a very good um back and forth uh, action here um but i did enjoy the pace i did enjoy the match here quiet storm eliminated both maximos to win just really nothing bad you can say about this match uh you know with any type of high flying spectacle high flying match you're going to see a little bit of bumps in the road and you did see that here but nothing really to worry about nothing really just that stood out as like ooh this didn't hold up i mean the maximus created the spanish fly let's not forget that that was a cool two man spanish fly that we saw that has been perfected by many other people singularly but the maximus at most recently expect the unexpected show that move off and show why they are the originators of the Spanish fly. There was a great way and an exciting way to get the crowd excited and get them ready for the next half of the show, which was Prince Nana defeating Talboy Eric Tuttle in 50 seconds. It really wasn't a match Uh, we saw in the beginning of this uh, backstage segment where we had nana wonder what his match was being and uh rf video founder telling him i won't mention his name we all know who it is telling him to go out to the ring we have you someone and then him finding tuttle and telling him to get out there you're facing nana and boy him running the ropes and getting the cheers for the crowds as he was cleaning the ropes it Talboy, you know did his service got in there got out and uh, nana looked uh, pretty good Let's not be real here. Nana was a very good wrestler and a decent sized wrestler on the East Coast scene before going over into the management side of things. And we all know his history with the embassy and we all know his history as a manager on the independence, especially in ring of honor, him turning into a uh, talent scout for ring of honor in his later days and seeing him back on the independent circuit and seeing him actually manage a team on a recent episode of Dark Elevation you really get to see just how good of a manager he was and how good of a persona he was on a uh, daily basis or on a monthly basis now hopefully we see more of Nana come around in the independence now as a manager as he's trying to bring back the embassy with Papa Don and uh, some of the other big needy men that are out on the independent scene but It was a short, quick squash match, and we moved on to the Texas Wrestling Academy Showcase Tag Team Match. The person who received the pin would come back for another Ring of Honor show. And this was between Yukaka Loa and Spanky, Michael Shane, who is known as Shawn Michaels' uh, cousin, and uh, Oz. This was, you know, a good showcase match showcasing the talent that came out of Rudy Boy Gonzalez's and Shawn Michaels' school in Texas, most notably these guys and brian danielson were the top students of that school danielson stood out above all the rest so he didn't really need to be spotlighted in a match like this but you get to see the different styles and you get to see the different personas that came out of their school you get to see the different wrestling techniques here and let me tell you this right here was a good example of the training and the schooling back in the day i mean sure Spanky was a little eccentric. He had some of those uh, high-flying moves and different styles, and like that. You had Michael Shane, who was pretty much a sean Michaels clone. There's no reason to deny that he himself, as mentioned, that he did emulate his style off of his cousin. So there's really nothing to deny about that. And then we also do see some of the bigger men out there, and Loa and Oz really uh, showing their weight around. At the end of the day, Spanky did receive uh, the chance to come back and did get a contract. With the ring of honor to appear at future events annoying michael shane a lot this story is more about um spanky and shane teaming with one another being on one another's side rather than anything else um, and really their history and they just had tag partners to really just split the two up and showcase more of the talent that came from that school now is one of our first of our two main events and um, this is really where you get some of the former names. Obviously, we got Super Crazy who worked uh, ECW at that point. He didn't f- make it to the Mexicos just yet in WWE or WWF still. Facing IWA Puerto Rican champion Eddie Guerrero, who was trying to rebuild his career and his life after getting released due to the heavy drug problems that he had at the time. So this was his push back into the uh, American independent scene to really just make a name for himself and shortly get back on to the side of things with WWE. As we all know, uh, he had one more show with Ring of Honor, uh, Night of Appreciation, before moving on to uh, WWE again as he got re-signed. It was a very good match here. I mean, obviously, as we all know, we saw Crazy get the victory here, but honestly this showed how these two you know styles were obviously they put in the history of both them working in philadelphia for ecw we talked about eddie working in the bigger promotions like wcw and wwe wwf at the time so we got a lot of that going on we got a lot of them working the lucha style especially uh super crazy who likes to do a lot more of the divy stuff you saw with eddie he would get into it but he was more focused on his ground game his uh Mac game which he got over when he worked in Japan as Black Tiger. I mean really this match here was a very good showcase of both talents. I would have liked to see a little bit more from this match. I feel like this was a very short match here but at the same time it was a very good match. It was a very exciting match. We got to see a lot here. We got to really focus on you know what made everything great back in the day for independent wrestling. You have your showcase match but one of the things, too, is when you look at the independents and how they worked back in the early 2000s, and still some of these independents still work the same way today, you ha- booked your talent, um, local talent. You had some of the main attractions, but you booked also a lot of heavy former talent, like stars, legends from the time in the early 90s and mid-90s, WWF, WCW, ECW. This wasn't focused around that. I mean, granted, it had... Super crazy and Eddie Guerrero. Two big talents from those time period working in those promotions, but you really saw a focus more on the younger up-and-coming talent, the talent that were a main focal point on the independent scene as a whole rather than just them working here uh, individually. One of the things, too, to point out here is just how good Eddie looked and, you know, they were talking about his conditioning and everything like that, needing to work on his conditioning a bit more to last a little bit longer. Sure, you can say that he needed to work on that conditioning. There's nothing wrong with him coming out there and being a little bit um, out of condition. Obviously, we know what he went through and what he had to fight through to get back to where he was. But this match right here just really showcased, you know, Eddie being Eddie and, you know, why a lot of people appreciate the work that he put in, the effort that he put in night in and night out, week in and week out. And, like, the thing is about Eddie, he didn't mail in his performances at Ring of Honor. He wanted to be there. He wanted to prove that he still had it in him To be one of the best wrestlers in the world, in the United States, everywhere. So him being in Ring of Honor was a big deal to him because it was almost like a way to really start anew, get back to where he was. A lot of things, you know, like I said, happened to him where he had to rebuild his uh, character, had to rebuild trust with everyone. And this, honestly, his indie run in 2001, 2002 was something that, you know, a lot of people were excited about, especially when he came back from everything. He had his little quick tour in Japan. He did a lot of great stuff. Had the ability to really be himself and showcase that he still had a lot of what it takes. It's just that he needed to rebuild that trust. And over time, he did. We saw a lot of great things from that match. We saw a lot of great things from this card. But now, we are on our main event. It is a three-way dance between American Dragon, Brian Danielson, Christopher Daniels, and Low Key. And I swear, there's a lot of times where, you know, especially in modern wrestling, there's slowdown periods and stuff like that with everything in terms of a multi band match of being in a scramble a four-way a three-way and they have people on the outside relaxing waiting for their spot to come back in and do a move and then we're all in the ring and relax again by the crowd but this was full action non-stop a lot of stuff here that you know got a lot of people excited about got a lot of people wondering just exactly who's gonna win there's a lot of fanfare about all three men we all know the You know path that Christopher Daniels took to get to where he was He was a long time indie veteran Coming in here trying to get his name for himself And then you have low key American Dragon Brian Danielson Really on the up and up And trying to push their way to the top And trying to show that they are the future crop of wrestling This match right here My match of the night No question about it I love all three men More Danielson than the other two Especially low key let's just be real Very good wrestler but Just not a lot there going on up top But a very good match here that really showcased the style of modern independent wrestling. And most importantly, why Ring of Honor was going to be so different. You don't have the mega stars in the main event. You have mega independent stars in the main event that are trying to make a name for themselves. And you want to give them that push, that feel, that recognition, that ideal that they are important. And this match right here showcased that. This match right here gave them that opportunity to really push forward and show that, hey, independent wrestling is gonna be fine, but you have to trust these guys and make sure that you build around these guys because if you don't, they're not gonna be able to get the opportunities that they so deserve. And at the same time too, you're gonna to hold them back from be actually becoming something of a, a fuller potential. And we saw how good these guys could wrestle and wrestle together even in the singles matches that we got in the uh, round robin uh tournament that they did the month after i mean there was just so many good things here that a lot of people would say you know this main event sticks out to them still to this day that were around ring of honor and even in independent wrestling at the time just because of how strong it was as a whole you had dragon really focused on his uh strikes and his uh submissions also had a little bit of high flying him He had Daniels being the mat technician being the veteran that he was and then let's talk about strikes You have Loki here. Who's a master of kicks and everything like that in this match Really focusing on beating the crap out of his opponents, really doing his best to really just focus on being um, very strong very powerful Just trying to hurt people and it worked It really worked and it got a lot of us excited here for what could lie down in the future for them and most importantly What could happen ahead? I think this match right here set the tone for Ring of Honor. And honestly, really, if you think about it, there was nothing more they they could do to make it any different. This was what they wanted. This is what they needed. They needed to be strong. They needed to be powerful. They had a lot of things going on that, you know, you could think about and be like, oh, this wasn't going to work. This, that wasn't going to work. But this was something that was going to work in this formula, of building in new stars, bringing in top independent talent, and making them feel important. That's all it's about. You want to make these independent stars feel something. And you want to make the fans feel something with this independent wrestling. And you did just that with this main event. And you know, kudos to everyone involved in this match, from the talent to the booker, to everything. They did a great job really focusing on some of the aspects of what makes wrestling great. Sure, Loki got the win and it was a very good match. And then we do see the start of Christopher Daniels being like against the code of honor, obviously the handshake at the end of the match. And we lead to them now wanting to challenge one another in a series of matches at the next event. But really, just a really good overall feeling and sense of accomplishment with this show. You know, they got a lot done here. They got what they wanted done here. They got, you know, the message, the goal across that they wanted to be a series independent promotion. And by God, they did that. They did exactly what they needed to do. Um, I feel, you know, you look back on this show. Is it a memorable show in any sense of the world? Sure. I mean, you have certain moments that were memorable, you have certain aspects of the show that were memorable, and you have certain pieces of the show that were memorable. But as an overall show, there's some things that you just don't want to remember, that you want to move on forward and you want to hit on. Matches to watch in the show, honestly, if you ask me, I would go with um, the following. I would go with Amazing Red and Jay Briscoe, very good match uh xavier and scoot andrews once again a good match and then you have the super crazy eddie guerrero iwa puerto rico intercontinental title match and then you have the main event those four matches right there i would say are your matches to watch in this show is a very good show overall a lot of good action a lot of understanding of who these stars were and like i said this was classic early 2000s indie formula build it up throughout the show with promos show some action show some promos take the last half of the show to really just work on the promo work show like everyone talking about what's coming next what's going to happen just you know great stuff here and honestly one of the better things about ring of honor at the time is they knew how to work uh, everything i mean sure you have your production gaffes and everything like that but overall just a very solid show that i don't think a lot of people give credit but this did help build the landscape of what indie wrestling should be and should be become in the near in the future a lot. And I think, you know, it's worth watching every now and then just to remember where indie wrestling was and where indie wrestling has become because of ring of honor. Um, So that is uh, this week's episode. Once again, this was covering the era of honor begins from February 23rd, 2002. Very good show. We are nearing its 20th anniversary of the show. Crazy that ring of honor, is on its little breaker highest or whatever you want to call it but once again a very good episode here a very good show here i would recommend it to anyone who you know wants to break in and you know wants to start watching independent wrestling if you want to recommend and watch a show based on history this is it this is on honor club um which is one of the few things that they have on there but this show is in its entirety on honor club um with the original everything um full show there's no um edits like they did with some of the other shows where just the matches they show the full uh show here with um the promos and everything like that so you get that full experience if i have to sit through so do you and again thank you for listening on the second edition of pure and rh retrospective podcast you can listen to this show and many more on countoutpod at countoutpod.com at Countdown Pod on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts, either in the Countdown Pod feed or if you just want to listen to this show. I recommend listening to all of them, though. You can listen to my individual feed. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, as always. And obviously, you can reach me on Twitter at Taggart, taggarts R T S five eight eight. Give me feedback. Let me know what you're thinking of this show. If there's any improvements that you want me to do, is there anything more that you want me to go into about Ring of Honor? I'd be more than happy to do that the next show we're gonna stay in 2002 I want to stay in 2002 because this was the first time that they traveled um, they traveled up to uh, Massachusetts and we are going to uh, watch honor invades Boston from 2002 a good show the first time you see Mark Brooks go wrestle in a ring of honor ring a lot of great things here that um, I think, you know, we get to talk about. Plus, we get an AJ Styles low-key match for the Ring of Honor title at this time. Um, very good match here as well. So there's a lot to talk about in this upcoming episode. Once again, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on Pure, an ROH retrospective podcast. This has been a Countout Podcast.